Hello everyone. Uh, this is your host and friend Sanjukta De. I have been working as a lecturer in the Department of History, Google Memorial Girls College, Kolkata. So I am making a series of uh, Indian Museum and Archives. Uh, it's a type of uh, Explore Museum and Archives. So this is the season one and episode two. In our first episode, I have already talked about um, the definition and uh, details about Indian Museum. And in the second episode, I'm going to talk about archives in India because these two things, museums and archives, uh, goes hand in hand when we talk about research in historical field. So archives in India. Uh, as we all know that the eventful centuries of Indian subcontinent's long history has left behind a huge quantity of precious archival material in more than a dozen distinct languages. Many different scripts in various states of preservation are scattered throughout the country. Much of the documentation belonging uh, to the pre-European period of Indian history is to be found in private custody. Uh, still, it, it has found in a private custody, but in the families of the uh, private custody means here I'm going to talk about the, here I actually want to mean by the old nobility, business houses and religious institutions as well. Some records of the pre-European period are also available in organized archival repositories, particularly those connected with the old princely houses such as state archives of Andhra Pradesh, previously known as Hyderabad State and Rajasthan. A continuous series of archives of the post-European period are available in archival, archival repositories established by the European power, such as those at Goa in Calcutta in Madras also. The Goa archives has regular series of records dating back to the early dates of the Portuguese occupation from the beginning of the 17th century. The regular record series in the National Archives of India begin with the middle of the 18th century and records of the Dutch and French administrations in India are also available and have been supplemented by the questioning of some microfilms uh, from the former colonial powers. It is a true fact that under its federal structure, India has no monolithic archives organization. In other words, if we put this thing, we have to understand that the National Archives of India has no administrative or technical control over the score of state archives in the country. Each state archives is considered an integral part of the governmental machinery of the state concerned and the subject of archives figures in the Indian constitution in the state list and not in the central list or even the concurrent list. There is therefore an obvious problem of maintaining unified archival doctrine and common archival practices throughout the country. This problem is being tackled through the Indian Historical Record Commission, which is shortly known as IHRC. Uh, it has been established back 1990. This commission with the Union Minister of Education and Culture as its president and the director of National Archives of India as its member secretary brings together archivists, scholars, and administrators at an all-India level. National archival policy and even 
details such as publication program access rules and the preparation of different types of reference media are discussed and decided at the annual sessions of the commissions the recommendations of the commission however are not binding on the national and state archives organization although the recommendations do carry substantial weight and are very carefully considered detail if we talk about the details of uh, archives we have to uh, face the truth that details of archival practices and doctrines are discussed and settled in the national committee of archives shortly known as nca which has the director of the national archives as its chairman and head of each of the state archives as member although the nca also has an advisory role its decision have very great weight in professional matters the ihrc and the nca thus provide effective coordination and unified guidance in archival work throughout the country this somewhat loose organization is considered the best system for india since some of the state archives are still quite undeveloped and this some years stick and practices cannot be applied in toto in each archives the imperial record department shortly known as ird was created in 1891 in calcutta which was uh, then the seat of the central government as we all know in the time of the british period when the capital moved to new delhi the ird also moved there in about 1930 after india achieved independence in the year 1947 the imperial record department was renamed the national archives of india housed in a massive stone building of its own the national archives of india today has 26 kilometers or 16 miles of shelving crammed with records and it has two regional branches at bhopal and jaipur the total staff of national archives number approximately 550 about half of the personnel consists of professional with graduate or postgraduate degrees the total annual budget is approximately 6 million indian rupees although there is no archival law the national archives has the responsibility for records management in all the 500 agencies and department of the government of india scattered throughout the country and this responsibility enunciated in the archival policy resolution issued with cabinet approval in 1972 is binding on all agencies and departments of the government of india the legislature and the judiciary are not covered by the archival policy resolution so we have to remember this thing in keeping with this responsibility the national archives has a record management wing concerned with the creation indexing recording and appraisal of the records of the government of india before their transfer to the national archives so we see that this aspect is headed by a deputy director with three assistant directors of archives and qualified professional staff to assist him a fourth assistant director is in charge of the record division and is concerned with the maintenance of non current records transferred to the national archives preparation of their reference media were necessary and obviously the supply of the records to government departments and research scholars 
yet another assistant director deals solely with the old records in orient languages in which persian figures prominently the publication of selected record is the responsibility of another division under the assistant director one assistant director is charged with running the institution of archival training which provides a one-year diploma course a one-year correspondence course and a brief certificate course in archives administration and record management if you want to do that you can go for these courses these are very very helpful courses uh, 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 for me, if I get chance, obviously I will do that. The National Archives has offered such training facilities for several decades and since it is the only archival training available in this part of the world. Trainees of many developing countries from Philippines in the East to Nigeria in the West have taken advantage of this education and the National Archives charges no fees whatsoever for this training. How amazing it is. The preservation and Reprography division are headed by two assistant directors with full qualified conservation scientists working under their supervision. Although the preservation division of National Archive has a huge hydraulic press for lamination, in addition to the electrically operated modern laminating machine, great emphasis is placed on the hand lamination process developed in National Archives itself some years ago and this matters is favored by all the developing countries because it is labor intensive and requires no important and costly machines the repography division is equipped with several heavy duty and two portable microfilm cameras in addition to two quick copying machines super miniaturization equipment and automatic data processing having yet to make their appearance in the national archives of india the vast bulk of the records holding in archival repositories in india naturally deal with the events and developments within the country documenting every facts and everything of the life of the people and activities of the government and other institutions however the records of the East while colonial powers such as the British, French, Dutch and the Portuguese contain substantial material of interest to other countries. In this connection we see it may be recalled that the Portuguese ruled their entire Eastern Empire from Goa, the seat of the Portuguese Viceroy and that the interest of the British East India Company with the headquarters at Calcutta extended from Egypt and Aden in the west of Hong Kong in the east. The holding of the Goa archives and of the National Archives of India therefore contain valuable material on most of the countries of this part of the world. Record concerning Canada are negligible in comparison and there are only a few documents from the second half of the 19th century pertaining to Canada among the foreign department records in the National Archives of India. Uh, as we all know, generally speaking, that the 30-year rule applies to archival institution in India, although each repository frames its owning regulation and certain types of record concerning the border areas are not yet open to scholars even though the records are more than 30 years old foreigners wishing to consult the records in archival repositories require prior clearance from the government the national archives of india and the other major repositories help scholars to obtain 
typed or photocopies of excerpt from record finding aids are generally but not uniformly adequate and the trained and experienced staff in the research rooms provide assistance to scholars in locating the records of their interest archival publications are produced by all the major repositories the national archives of india for example has brought out nine volumes of the fort william india house correspondence to make available to scholars these important documents in their own libraries Two more volumes of the series are awaited to complete the publication program. Publication to June 1978 of the National Archives. It includes Fort William, India House Correspondence. The second one is Brown Correspondence, a collection of letters written to or received from Warren Hastings, Sean McPherson, and others by James Brown. Hastings' personal envoy to the court of the Shah Alam II. Three is selection from educational records from 1781 to 1907, covering reports on aspect of Indian education, including the development of a university. Fourth one is calendar of Persian correspondence, contains English summaries of the letters exchanged between Indian Governor General, East India Company agents, and Indian rulers. Next one is descriptive list and indexes on mutiny papers of Bhopal. Next one is proceedings of Indian Historical Record Commission. Next one is Indian travel of um, Trevenot and Kaveri, two accounts of the European observations in 17th century India. Then we find old Fort William at the Black Hole. Next, Sipai recruitment in the old Madras army. Then catalogue of historical maps of the survey of India. And next one is the Indian Archives 1947-14. The last one is National Reports of Private Records. A guide of National Archives annual reports from 1955 brochure and committee proceedings of the national committee of archives are also available and we see the national archives also has published a biannual journal it named the indian archives for the last several decades most of the publications are sold or subsidized prices to promote academic research and the Indian Archives Journal is obtained by many foreign institutions in exchange for their own publications. Although the National Archives and many of the state archives are old, well organized and large institutions, they face numerous difficulties and problems relating generally to the overall national as well as the local context. In the national context, there is an imbalance official records of the colonial rulers completely overshow overshadow sorry overshadow records of the indian rulers we see that the records of the pre-european period even were not destroyed have yet to be centralized and are still lying scattered in private hands and many of the rulers of the erstwhile princely state have taken away the state records at their private property which is not good because this is the property of a nation the private papers of eminent indians have also yet to be collected and centralized although the national archives and some other institutions have made a good beginning here the institution has resulted in most research work being based almost wholly upon the records of the colonial administrations making difficult the reinterpretation of modern Indian history from the Indian viewpoint. The antique 
the Antiquity Act, which recently came into force, regulates the export of old records along with the other antiquities. The problem remains though of the acquiring and preserving record of historical sentimental or artistic value without violating the rights of private ownership. Last thing we have to talk about that the bewildering diversity of the Indian civilization has left behind records in more than a dozen different Indian languages and scripts which differ significantly from their modern and current versions. Scholars, researchers having command of the old languages and script such as Persian in Shikashta script, uh, Modi Marathi and Odia are fast declining in numbers. Even the archival institutions are finding it difficult to locate persons familiar with these ancient languages and scripts, while no realistic solution of the general problem is in sight. It is proposed to encourage the study of the old languages and scripts by activities uh, and uh, archivists through a grant of special language bill. Much archival material relevant to the history of India is to be found in the old colonial countries. In some cases, such as in uh, French, records were physically removed from India before the colonial regime ended. In other cases, such as British documents were acquired and taken away or created by uh, transport of sick and wounded from the battlefield. We see that the agencies of the Indian government located in the colonial country, the former colonial powers consistently refused to return records to India. And it is a true fact because those colonial powers, they are denying that they have those records. So that's the problem, international um, uh, negotiation. We have the problem in international negotiation. The problem of these migrated archives has come to the force in recent years and UNESCO is presently engaged in studying this problem and suggesting possible solutions. Within the country, archival institutions have to compete for funds with other pressing national priorities like health and literary programs and the removal of poverty. There is also the usual public apathy and bureaucratic indifference towards archival development. No drastic improvement in this situation appears likely in the near future. It is only the patient and persistent efforts of our obviously archivists supported by the growing voice of enlightened national interest and the world community of scholars that can ensure the proper preservation and utilization of this marvelous archival wealth of India. Uh, I have personally visited once um, archive, national archives in India, New Delhi, and I must say the place is gigantic rich with our um, past documents which are very rich um, and it is a magnificent place if uh, anyone do research on history uh, i think uh, they should visit uh, national archives in uh, new delhi uh, because it is important to visit that place because you can um, by reading those archival documents, you can unfold our past and um, 
mesmerized by yourself as as well i hope everyone uh, definitely like this episode as well stay tuned and uh, in our next episode we are going to talk about some unique and different type of museum that exist in our subcontinent uh, for now thank you so much